And that's like, and so did Mo. And that's what got us to where we are today. Like, I don't know, still keeping like the hustle startup mentality. Like that's our culture. Like we care deeply because we cared deeply when we started. And uh, that's something that I never want to forget. And I'll definitely carry with me out of this business. Welcome to Overdue, where we cover the stories of certified product starters and ambitious entrepreneurs, from college students to accomplished professionals. Which is an interesting topic, but I mean, well, we started this year for our, our little thing, but I mean, you've been going since what? what? What year would that be? That I did what? That that we started with the lawnmower business, that maybe you mowed your first neighbor's lawn. Well, I think I, I started mowing myself at my own house. My parents made me do it. Didn't pay me ever. It was just kind of me, my way of paying my rent, per se, in the house. So I started that in probably sixth grade. Okay. So okay. however old you are in sixth grade, that's when I got behind a mower for the first time. <laughs> like what? Like 12? And you never went back. And I never went back, dude. Yeah. I never went back. <laughs> but uh, I started mowing other people's lawns. Probably sophomore, junior year of high school. Okay. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Just like, how how did it start? Just knocking on doors or what? Dude, I have so many memories of of uh, getting started. I, I I started originally with the lemonade stand. I just really wanted to make some money as a kid, and I wanted to see what running a business was like. So, had the corner lemonade stand in our neighborhood. I remember making like 23 bucks or something, whatever it was, the first weekend. And uh, I just wanted all the money myself, and I didn't pay the kids who helped me. And that was like my first, uh, <laughs> that was my first like lesson I think I learned. Like, you got to take care of the people yeah. who help you out. It was just, it was a very small thing, very silly thing. But yeah, that got me started. And then a couple years later, I took some equipment out of my parents' garage, went door to door knocking, and like, Got my first customers that way. I was just a neighborhood kid, like, going around with these terrible flyers that I made on, like, dude, I don't even know, Word, maybe? It was, like, they were so garbage. I have pictures of them. I could have brought them. You guys would have would have got a kick out of them. They're hilarious. But, and that was it, dude. And I just saved and saved and saved and saved and then, like, bought better equipment. Eventually got a real commercial mower and then got a trailer and a truck. And then, then I started mowing other people's lawns. And that's where I... That's where I got my start. Yeah. Why, why do you think you, like, had that even itch in the first place of, like, that want for, like, even just, I don't know, like, like just money? Like, what would, because was it something maybe you watched? Like, did you look up to somebody that was, like, hmm. that, like got you into that? Because I feel like, I mean, I, I'd always heard those things growing up, like, the whole lemonade stand. But, like, I never really had, like, that drive to, like, actually do it. So, like, what do you think was different maybe about like your childhood that like really pushed that like entrepreneurial spirit? Well, to start, I think I have a really supportive mom and she always encouraged me to try things. And do I know exactly what like influenced me? I, I, I don't, but I think there's definitely a mix of, it's just kind of like innately in me. I do believe that, that some people are just kind of hardwired to, to want to just take more risks and, try the business thing out. And I think from a young age, I like wanted that. And I just had a mom who supported the heck out of me and uh, didn't really give me a reason not to. And that's kind of what I would credit it to. 
plus all, all that as well like i had no risk like how old was i 10 12 like it cost me zero dollars to go knock on people's doors i had no equipment i didn't have a real business like who cares like yeah. it's not that deep of a thing uh that's why landscaping is so great and i think more more middle school high school kids should do it start their own little companies but it was like a no-brainer like i'll learn something i'll make some money or uh my life will stay the same yeah that's it it's like it's so easy to say that and like even for me thinking about anything i do now it's really easy for me to come in like with that mindset but when i was in like eighth grade like freshman sophomore year of high school i was so uncomfortable like in myself to like be able to do any of that stuff to like oh like oh like what if they like know that about me or like hmm. like if i'm like if they see me like knocking on doors it's gonna be embarrassing i'm gonna have to put myself hmm. out socially like why do you feel like you were like insulated to that dude it's actually crazy so i listened to a lot of gary v <laughs> if yeah. you're familiar in my first like couple years knocking i would go from house to house putting the earbuds as i'm walking the sidewalk take them out when i'm walking up there their little like landing and I got a lot of, of Gary Vee podcast time in and he would always talk about how when he was on the come up entrepreneurship was lame like if you were a kid trying to run a business like you were a loser and people would laugh at you and I think I just got like dealt a different set of cards where in high school for me like it was cool like people were like oh you run a business like dude that's sick like tell me about it or like, you're saving up for college? Like, that's amazing. I, I, I've had so many of my friends' parents, like, just gas me up. And I think that led to a, a pretty inflated ego at a young age. But <laughs> but it, it helped me uh, – it kind of helped me go, continue. And then I even, like, there was no – I had absolutely no business doing this, but I went and made merch for my landscaping <laughs> business and sold, like, 30, 40 items, like – there was no reason I should have done that, but it was just cool. Like people wanted to, I don't know. I don't know if support's the right word or just like something about that is cool. And I think a lot of it has to do with, I think like the startup culture has kind of skyrocketed recently was on social media and it's just very glorified. So for me, I never felt like an outsider. Like it made me feel cool to be like, oh yeah, I run a business. You think a lot of people like looked up to you in high school just because it was something that they may have wanted to do that they didn't have? I don't know if people looked up to me for that. I like to think, I like to hope that maybe they looked up to me because I was a good friend or a good person or because I cared. But uh, I think at the time, I definitely wanted people to know that I was running a business. I certainly wasn't a humble guy because it made me feel so good to be like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm making money this weekend. What are you doing? Kind of thing. <laughs> I was lame, dude. I was lame like that. Um, I cut my bread up. Yeah, I'm sure there were some kids who were like really interested in business but didn't know how to start and were like, wow, like Aiden just kind of like did it. Like, that's cool. Yeah, I'm sure there's some people like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there were others who thought it was lame. Like, there's always a balance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we went through a lot of that last year. Of Last year, 100%. Where we, like, when we started this, it's like, Everyone's I mean, like, you're starting a podcast, like you're just well, yeah, it. no, but that we also had a ton of people that reinforced it, oh, like yeah. hard, and I mean, I feel like yeah, we've experienced like that, like to a like a great extent as well. Like even like when me and a third were working on like divine trajectory, like would it like, I mean, you could just look at it and say it's like it, you could be able to tell like it's not gonna work, but 
the people that are just supporting the doing is just so powerful. And yeah. I, I, like that helped reinforce that frame of thinking like so much. Yeah. It's helpful, especially at I think our age where I think a lot of the stuff we do is more so for validation than, be, than because we actually want to do it. So when you get gassed up by your boys for starting something, yeah, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. I wonder if maybe an important skill that's not talked about enough is surrounding yourself with people that validate the right things rather than worrying about like that rather than what you feel like you like what you want validation for like trying to fix that like trying to fix what your friends are validating you for rather than fixing what you feel validated for do you, like do you, you see like the minor tweak i'm trying to make or i could like try to explain Say it a little bit okay that i think about it a lot in like in terms of my ability to fix my environment rather than my ability to not be affected by it. Like, hmm. it's more important to improve upon, like, it's so much easier to do the first one. Do you agree? To, like, switch up my whole environment because that'll lead to change in myself rather than me trying to just not be affected by that same environment that's, like, drop, like taking me down. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I, I was actually talking to somebody about this yesterday. We were talking about uh, how do you, like, know that you're growing how do you recognize growth in your life? And he kind of had this question. He's like, am I growing if I'm just able to identify all the weaknesses I have and then focus on improving them? Or is growth identifying your weaknesses and then saying, all right, you know, I'm, I'm content with that. This is part of me. Like, I'm going to focus on my strengths or I'm just kind of going to be at peace with, with these things. I don't know. Hot take. There's so many, everything is qualified at the end of the day. Like, so much more nuanced than you think. Yeah. But at least, like, when it comes to, like, the timeline, I just want to dive in a little bit more on, like... Just chop it up. <laughs> yeah. So that was, like, your sophomore year of high school, right? Right around where you got started. When I started up the landscaping business, yeah. When yeah. do you think you experienced, like, the biggest leap? Like, was there a year that, like, you did a lot better than maybe the last year? And you're like, whoa. Like yeah, I'm right. actually, I'm doing something here. It's not like I just feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. I'm actually starting to see results from this. Yeah, like the point where maybe you were like, oh, this is real. Like, it's real business. I think it was very gradual. There wasn't a moment, that's for sure. The closest thing to that moment was when I had the crazy idea to say, all right, I'm going to make some merch and sell it. And I like just sold a ridiculous amount of merch that was less of the company and more of like the brand um but the business was a slow grind like landscaping is not scalable if you're a solo dude (laughs) and so my time was fixed right i could work after school until sundown and then i could work on the weekends but like that's all i got and unless i want to go hire people or get better equipment, but even better equipment has a kind of a point where it stops helping you get faster. Uh, there's, there's not much more I can do. So I was super small minded at first where all I cared about was just the money that went into my pocket. So instead of hiring more friends or 
bringing someone along for a job with me who would help me finish it way faster and allow me to either spend more time with my family or like just, I don't know, go do some homework or go get other jobs. I would just do it solo because I didn't want to pay them. So I was just super, super short-term, short-term thinker, uh, which kind of, I think, led to me not having one of those moments. It was slow. Like the business would grow every year. It would grow a little bit. It would grow a little bit. I'd get better. I'd figure out how to do things uh, a little better and create maybe some slightly better systems while I'm out there working. But yeah, it was a slow grind. Uh, but I think it was right for me at that point in my life just to like get dirty. Like, I don't know. I, I saw, looking back, I see a ton of value in that kind of work um, for like a young man to do or woman. Reminds me uh, a lot of a, I, I think I say this phrase like at least once a podcast. Reminds me is. a lot of an Alex Ramosa quote. <laughs> Bang. Which is like, is. <laughs> like what you got? Um, like in the movie, the Rocky cutscene is only like 30 seconds, but it's just so much longer like in life. Like, I mean, you were doing this for years before you like start to see some actual results, not just like in yourself, but actual like on paper, like mm -hmm. more like transferable like money results, right? And like for us, like we've been doing this for, I don't know, like almost a year now. And this is like when I feel like we're starting to see like wow. the most, Congrats, like, the most the improvement. We're, no, we're not a year, we're like seven, eight months. Well, what February? Yeah, so Dude, that's, that's so mad impressive. That's like eight, nine, nine months. Sticking nine something months. out for yeah. that long is, yeah, yeah. And, and we had the summer over that exactly. So. And then I think of someone like Casper that's been doing anything within social media for like since 2016. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to see like where they're at now, mm -hmm. and like that's six years. Like, yeah, I was playing hockey six years ago, yeah. which is like you don't like, like that's crazy to me. Be like, yeah. And it's just like your life can change like so much in that time, like if you allow yourself like the time to be able to do it. Yeah, dude, it's so important to stop and reflect, uh, stop and smell the roses per se, but otherwise you just get caught up in like what's the next thing I can do? How can I be better in this? But which is good to grow, and I think it's good to not be super complacent, but at the same time, like you got to stop and see how far you come. Because uh, I think there's a lot of, like, fruits that come out of that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Live in the present for a little bit. 100%. Like, yeah. I don't do that enough. I don't know if you guys do or if you have any hacks that help you do it, but something think, I'm working on. I think both of us struggle a little bit with living in the present. Um, or at least I do. I actually think I'm pretty good because i really okay say you're good why are you hesitating? Oh, yeah well because i i mean I, you never can truly be as present as you'd want to be i think that that's mm. true but pretty much every day in the biff like i'm i think i've said this before like i'll get outside of my classes on like the second or third floor just like look down just like all the kids i'm just like i'm like damn dude mm. like this is such an awesome opportunity like i'm in this yeah. bubble in the middle of illinois with so many interesting people like that is just that are all my age that I'm I'm going to grow up with I'm going to get to see them succeed yeah. they're going to get to see me succeed as well and that's just such like a privilege and like I'm just yeah. so and I just kind of like take a deep breath and I'm like damn yeah that's awesome and it's it's also good to build things that you can look back on uh or like trackable markers of growth I I hinted at that hinted at it when we started talking but that's why I think this podcast is so awesome that you guys can come back 
listen to any any episode you've done 10, 20 years ago and just see what you cared about at the time, see how you talked, see like even your guys' friendship, like that's gonna be cool to reflect back on. Like yeah. our friendship as we like leave here is gonna be cool to look back on. This is such a great thing. I like to think of it as like a, a cool little time capsule. All right, we, 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 we looked back at it a little bit um, when we were preparing, like, last night we were preparing our slides for a thing on Thursday. Yeah. And like, damn. We, we suck. Like literally, <laughs> like literally we, our first Instagram story, it's like all archive, um, but it's like this video of Austin saying first podcast, like dry run just happened, whatever. There's like a water bottle that like falls over in it. And it's like, it's just like the most like basic thing ever, but it's like, that's where we started. And now we look at it like we would never post something like that, like yeah. ever, but it's just, it's cool to see that. Yeah. So dude, what great story starts with everything perfect. Yeah, that's what makes it great. Yeah, it can. Yeah. I mean, everything that I've, like, you just, I we were talking about this with Rohan, but I feel like in any pursuit, you have to like do like a ten to twenty hour down payment, especially with skills. Because hmm. like, if you want to learn how to be able to finish, like, I don't know, something that you need to do in like an hour, you need to spend like twenty hours just figuring out how to like hmm. do it in the first place. And, like, it's just so hard to, like, give up that time sometimes. Yeah. You know? I think it's almost easier, though, when you when you frame it like that. Like, oh. there's 10 to 20 hours I'm probably not going to get anything out of, but it's my down payment. Yeah. And the fruits will come later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's uh, when I do frame it like that, it helps a lot. But sometimes it's hard to, like, really see it like that or, yeah. like, have the full faith that, like, oh, like, I just have to, like, push through some of this, like, okay, like, what is this? Like, what does this mean to be able to actually get to that point? like afterwards totally but one thing that i mean i i talked about this a little bit with like when i'm just like looking out in the biff just like mm-hmm. how grateful i am to like have like to be in this bubble of just like awesome people right but there is a degree of like actually putting in the effort yourself to like kind of curate your environment to like be surrounded by like even people that are even more similar and like people that want to be on the same trajectory as you and i feel like that's something that you really try to implement it in your own life whether that's like living in a house in austin or like hosting Mm. meetups with like founders of like people that you want to be around or whatever it may be so when did that really start to like click in your head of like i actually want like i want to put into practice of like being surrounded by these people it's something that i really want to go out of my way for there was never a moment where i'm like I, I I need this. There wasn't mm-hmm. a moment. It just it was very gradual. Like many things in my life, I think that's a theme. It's it's very slow, gradual kind of realization. But dude, I I love people so much, and I think spending time with all different types of people, but but different people, is just like so good for so many reasons. And that's one of the things that fills me up. I've come to learn like whether I'm hanging out with other businessy minded kids and we're just chopping it up about problems in our business and like trying to figure that out. Or it's just like getting deep with some dudes and like getting vulnerable and helping each other grow in like some areas of our life where we're kind of struggling or it's like, ah, what other, what other situations? I don't know. Just like gooning around with the roommates. Like that stuff really, really fills me up. So Gooding. I just like gooning as a verb is awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm all here for it. So, dude, I just like 
when I find something like that that really fills me up and I just want more of it, I'll, I'll, I'll go and get more of it. And yeah. a lot of that just means sending out simple invitations. Like, this stuff isn't hard. Like, you've seen the meetups I've thrown. Uh, it might look like a production, but it's not. I just reach out to people who I think should be friends and who I just want to hang out with and invite them to one place at a, a time. And that's it. And it just works. It's it's easy to, like, overcomplicate this stuff, but at the end of the day, like, people will just, who who really enjoy spending time together will spend time together, have a great time. It's, yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot from me. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier when you were talking about, like, your major and not liking it. You're like, yeah, love the people. That's yeah, what's, dude. That's what's more See? important. Uh, I love the people. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, though. That's, like, a part of, like, why I want to minor in CS is just being around those kids. Really? Like it's Yeah. What do you like about them? <laughs> it's I've, like there's nothing likable. <laughs> yeah, that came across in the wrong way, but I've just heard very polarizing things, so I'm curious why you think that. That's all. They're all smarter than me. Fair. Yeah, and I, I love that. That's cool. And uh, yeah, It's a valid reason. I it's mean, good to be challenged, yeah. of course. But there is something of recognizing there's other areas of life that maybe I have a little bit of an upper hand as well. So it's not like I don't mean that in like a self-deprecating way of like, oh, like they're all smarter than me. Like I never, never really negatively affects me because there's all like if I really look at it through like a macro view, I'm like, okay, like there's other things in life that are of value other than just like intelligence. Right. But that's a big part yeah. of it. But I mean, I've really tried to like not i don't want to say like curate because i mean to an extent yeah but uh, of like the people that i'm surrounded by of like really making time for like the people that i feel like i want to be on the same trajectory with and a part of that was last summer like me and paul i know you've you met paul mm-hmm. we were talking about like living and like just living together next summer because it just yeah. just like sucked like living like not being around like the same motivating like people that I am down here right and I mean I know that it's easy to say that but like to actually do that's different so like what actually like push you like sign the like like the lease down in like Austin like how was your experience with that with deciding to move to Austin yeah last summer if you could have been on the phone call where I said yes to that you would you would laugh me out of the room I my my good friend Bobby Housel, I was on the phone with him and some other friends, and he kind of extended the invitation to us. And I was on the fence about doing something for the summer. I wanted to do something untraditional. I wanted to get uncomfortable. I wanted to grow in certain areas that I didn't think I would in an internship. And I was just very much stereotyping internships. I don't know anything about them. Maybe I could have grown in one, but looking back, it was definitely the right move for me. But he extended this invitation, and... Instantly, I just said, yes, I'm in. I didn't think twice. I didn't ask how much. I didn't ask, wh- I didn't ask when the move-in is. I didn't ask how many roommates. I didn't ask any questions. I just said, I'm in. And I think a part of that was just I was kind of looking for an opportunity, and I was like, all right, like, God, give me, give me what you want me to do this summer. And he did, and I said yes, and I'm not looking back. Yeah, it was great. What were some of like, the memories you, you guys shared down there? Oh, dude. Cause I like I could only I'd love to yeah. live in like some sort of an environment like that. Dude, it was such a special time. And to paint the picture for you guys, I moved down there, 
with Jacob Swinney, who became a really good friend. Uh, we drove down together. We, we made that, whatever, 12, 13-hour drive in a day. We get to this house like 10 minutes south of downtown Austin, and as the summer progressed, we we got really close with these six, seven other hooligans who were living in this house. We just, I, it was just, it makes me smile, dude, thinking of that because those guys really, I really learned a lot from them, and they taught me so much about myself and just about like what I want out of life, I think, and they inspired me in so many ways, but dude, I just got to live with like these freaking psycho freak, like they're crazy guys. And I got to learn how they respond to tough news, how they manage work and life, how they like spend their free time, like how they communicate with their significant other or their family. Like just being in one house, a lot of those things kind of rub off on you and you pick up something you like uh, or something you don't like. And I'm like, all right, I want to I see that in myself. I want to work on that. Or I really liked how that person just like handled that situation. I want to, I want to be like that. Yeah. What, what's like, what's like something that you like picked up on that you, you grew on from, from that experience over the summer? Yeah. One of the, <laughs> this always comes to mind first. My dear pal, Max Waltz taught me probably the most important lesson I learned this summer. And that was to not be a bystander and to speak up for what you believe in, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, that summer I kind of realized I was very passive, lackluster with a lot of things, uh, just kind of comfortable. Like I wouldn't really, I wasn't like a big confrontation guy and I like shied away from a lot of conversations I should have had. And he taught me like, no, if you see something that's wrong, like, yeah, be the person who like steps up and does the right thing and like says something or has that hard conversation. And I'm very, very grateful to him for teaching me that. Okay. Well now, if you truly learned, you must've implemented it at some point. So is there any time, and again, this all, that also could be something where maybe it's not something you'd want to say, like of a time that you implemented it, like, like, you know, and whatever. Um, but is there a time that like would come to head, come to your mind of like, okay, like I remember I learned that, like, let me actually like implement it into my own life. Of course, dude. Yeah. We can, we can get real here too. Uh, in, in relationships for me, specifically one with my ex-girlfriend, I, yeah, in a lot of ways I just like wasn't leading in the relationship. I wasn't like being the man that I wanted to be. And that just came from me like being passive and, ignoring things when I should have brought them up. So in not being a bystander, in taking what I learned and actually applying it, uh, I started having some hard conversations. And unfortunately, you know, that led to a breakup, but um, it was very hard for me. And of course, it was a rough couple months, but it was the right thing, 100% for both of us. Uh, and it wouldn't have happened, I don't think, or I w it would have delayed um, what could possibly have been inevitable for, you know, a, a long period of time. So I do, I do think that not having those hard conversations doesn't prevent like the end from coming. It just delays it. And I know you hinted at that there, mm -hmm. but I mean, I've seen that like so much in my own life of, I can see something starting to fizzle out and I just, 
it just keeps going because it's just oh i oh there's one principle that it's like things are just okay so you don't want to leave yeah you're not motivated enough to leave right yeah if things like we're really good obviously you're gonna stay but like if they're just at that threshold of like it's good enough so i'm just i'm just not gonna leave yeah and i mean that can be in so many instances whether it's your job whether it's your relationship whether it's like the school you go to and like people just never find out like i mean and i've definitely like had this at times like you just don't you can never like find out what's on like the other side of the fence if you just because you just don't have those conversations yeah gotta have them get over that good enough threshold totally whatever it is totally and it's always it's almost always the right thing to do like play out the the scenarios in your head you have a hard conversation and it goes well then great like whatever you wanted to happen has happened or it goes terrible then at least that other person knows where you stand and there's nothing wrong or bad about being honest and upfront i think that's a very honorable thing to do in every situation yeah you think that's kind of taught you that like at the end of the day, your opinion matters the most. Like, to yourself, at least. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I would say it, it taught me that – it taught me to trust myself a little more. Like, yes, there's a lot of people I respect and admire and I'm sure have great advice for me in certain situations and want the best for me. And if I were to ask them something, they would drop everything and, and help me. And that's like such a, a great peace of mind. But at the end of the day, like nobody knows your situation or, or yourself like you do. And sometimes you got to block out the noise and like just listen to yourself. Otherwise, you're going to get trapped in a, a just a spiral of, okay, I got to act this way to make sure I'm kind of doing what that person said and then okay shoot now I gotta act this way because that person said to do this and all of a sudden now you're not even your own person like you're not thinking for yourself what are you doing so I, I've learned that I've had a lot of a lot a lot of experiences like that for sure so, sounds like you've made like a lot of like personal development whether it was like this summer and also like in an area that like you were talking about at the beginning where in high school just kind of oh yeah and high school, is it, okay, is it fine? I could just cut it. Okay, no, we're good. Okay, we're good. that's good. Sorry, I got a call, but we're good. <laughs> yeah, it's all da- his good, dad. All good, all good. That was, that's the only the acceptable person, <clears throat> yeah. dad and mom. Of course. Um, but hinted at this a little bit earlier of where you said in high school, like, you kind of kind of blew, blew up your ego a little bit of, like, people just reading, like, oh, you're yeah. doing that business thing, right? And, like, people, like, maybe, like, hyped you up more than you feel like was good for you at the time. But now, honestly, I think you're one of, like, the most humble people I know. So Thank you. <laughs> when do you think that... Working on it. When do you think you, that was something you actually started to work on and maybe, like, realized about yourself? You're like, oh, I'm, like, I'm kind of, a, like, a prick, right? Like, when did th- those things actually start to, like... When switch? did I, like, realize, wait a second, I should probably... Yeah. Like, and, it, again, now, it's going to be gradual. I already know you're... At, but, like, when did you actually start to, like, <laughs> no. make changes, like, within yeah. yourself? Yeah, this year, probably. This year? Really? Um, like, seriously, this year, yeah. I've always tried, I think, to be humble, and maybe it, it's not even honorable to say I, it was humble. Maybe I was just too shy to, like, 
gloat or brag or whatever it was, but to actually be like humble and and try to have some humility, it's been this year, maybe the past even few months. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm learning as we speak. Totally. I lo- I like that a little bit where you were like, I think I was just too shy to like to gloat. Like it's just uh, like it reminds me of like in a weird way like you ever hear those analogies where it's like oh like i don't know like maybe a boyfriend's like not cheating on a girlfriend only because he can't like it's just because there's not an option for it you know what i mean yeah yeah. and there could be like so many different like whatever's for it it's like it's not that you're being loyal it's just like hasn't been tested because you actually haven't had something like else put in front of your face right and uh, like that's just like something that like that kind of reminded me of, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. Do you see what I'm talking about at yeah, all? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I could see it a lot with like opportunities. Like yeah. that's one thing. Like how have you only like kind of been tunnel visioned, like on your business the last like? Because I feel like there's had to be opportunities that like come in front of you. Oh yeah, like that make you lose focus a little bit or. Or that you're like, oh, like, that'd be kind of exciting. Like, oh, yeah. why don't I try that out? Or it's like, oh, I've been doing this for so long. Maybe I want to pivot. Like, how have you been able to, like, really be, like, this consistent with it? Tunnel vision isn't the right word. I got to be honest. Uh, I definitely am a curious guy, and I'm always thinking about different things, like what I want to tinker with next. I already have some ideas of, like, some next projects I want to work on. But the business does already demand so much. And we can kind of talk about the journey from high school to where it is now. Like, why am I still running it? Like, five years later, we can talk about that too. But it does demand a lot of my time. Uh, So I I really don't have even the bandwidth to, like, get distracted a whole lot. I think I need to seek that out more. Uh, This past, like, six months, I've been big proponent of trying to do more. I'm trying to bite off a little a little more than I can chew because I think past two years I, I have been a little passive, a little comfortable with the business, and it it hasn't grown as fast as we have wanted to. And I think part of that is just I have just my, my heart isn't fully in it like it was before. So it moves a little slower. Uh, But the, the opportunities that do come, I, I'm usually a yes guy. And I will say yes to things, um, especially as of lately. Do you, do you think, like, the business has slowed down a little bit because the last year and a half or so, or you've been here, like at U of I? Or, like you were yeah. saying, you're, you don't feel that your heart's, like, fully into it. Do you yeah. think, like, being here is part of that reason? Because now your mind's maybe on, like, meeting people here, running. Yeah. Like, Dude, yeah, I mean – holy cow did coming to a college campus blow my freaking mind (laughs) like there are so many amazing things here like even like this room you were you were just in awe dude i was yeah i came in here you got camera 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 light light what the heck like (laughs) dude i feel like a celebrity like this is crazy and there's so and i was just saying like i bet 97 percent of the population at the school doesn't even know this room exists like there are so many amazing things in this campus and so many amazing people to meet. Like coming here just 
completely broke my frame because I, I went to community college for two years and there was no community there. It was you go to school and you go home and it was a good, like it was, I don't mean to, to talk bad about it. It was a good time in my life uh, where I got really close with my family, but I definitely got used to that lifestyle and I came here and I was like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? There's so much I want to do. So to answer your question, yeah, when I got here, there were so many things I wanted to do and I I definitely spread myself too thin a little bit. Um, so the business was not my number one priority at all. Uh, I kind of did like enough to get by and hit the targets that we needed to hit, but I wasn't going home at night and thinking like, all right, how can I like drum up a new system to speed up this process? Or uh, how could I have had a, a better a better answer to that customer complaint today? Like that's how it was in the beginning. And then getting here and just exploring other interests, um, specifically to this business, those things have kind of dwindled, which isn't a bad thing. Like uh, yeah. I think my interests are just changing. Like just like you guys, I'm grown up too. Like I'm, I'm learning a lot being here and figuring out what I like, what I dislike. So yeah, I, I think as long as like you fill that time with something valuable, which you are, it's fine. Like if you're filling your time with like being here, not focus on the business much, and then like the things you are doing are just like useless things, then it doesn't make sense. But clearly, you're not. So yeah. I think it's fine, right? Like your let interests me, change. Let me so. ask you this because I'm curious. What? How do you filter what is a useful thing and what is not a useful thing? Um, useful in, like, relation to what? Like, are we talking, like, well, useful? Well, he started for... just said useful. I'm just curious yeah. what oh, that means. Okay, okay. No, what for, it means for him. For me, useful means, like, something that I'm gaining something from. Like, Understood. I will say going out sometimes is, sometimes is useful because it'll be, like, three weeks of me doing work, and then I think, like, sure. that night is useful. But if you're going out, like, five times a week, that's when it's not useful. Sure. Whereas, like... Um, if like those five free nights you have in the week, you're like lifting one night, you're hanging out with like a group of people that are going to make you better the other night, working on like CSMP, whatever you got going on, pledge case comp, whatever it might be. Those are all things that are making you better. So I consider those useful. Cool. Um, I know that useful is like a very broad word. So I I also think it's question, but I also think it's like, not whether or not it's useful it's like how useful it is as well yeah yeah that's also because everything is everything is useful to an extent or like some things can be negative but then again though there's a ton of things that are useful like me cleaning my room or like remodeling my room when i have a csmp do like it's useful but it's not more useful than me actually doing that mp itself so, I mean, I think it's, like, all about, like, measure, like stacking everything up against itself. Opportunity, cost, and utility. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there yeah, you go. I'm the only, only business major in the room. <laughs> yeah. I took Econ 102. I know that much. Bang. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little something. But nice. do you think the only, uh, you think you've only stuck with it because, like, you're pretty deep in it? Stuck with the business? Yeah. No, no, not just that. Um, I've got an amazing partner, and... I'm sure if I wanted to leave, he could run it himself. He's very capable, very smart. But I do really enjoy getting to take care of the crews. Um, And what do I mean take care of them? Um, I just mean, and to give some context, the business now uh, has subcontractors. So I'm no longer on a mower myself with my own equipment. We have existing lawn care companies with their own equipment, uh, their own employees, 
um, who just have some extra space in their schedule so they want some extra work, partner with us. Um, and if we bring them onto our team, we'll kind of give them work to keep them busy um, where they will handle the actual service and we handle the whole business side of things for them. So that's a little context on the business. Remind me what you had asked. Of like why you're still doing it. That's right, why I'm still doing it. So our crews, I, I do really enjoy getting to keep them busy and like build a relationship with them. Um, one of them had a, a daughter a couple years ago and I don't know, something about that just was was exciting to me and, and you know made me feel good that I'm able to help give them business to, you know, raise a family. Like it's it's something cool. I don't think about it a lot because because I am like young, I guess you could say. I would always <laughs> you, did, did you, you are young. Yeah, you're young. You're twenty twenty one. I guess twenty two. Twenty two. Definitely young. Uh, part of me felt so weird that I was like having to give commands, commands, right? Whatever the heck that means. Just instructions to dudes 20, 30 years older than me. And that made me feel weird at first. Uh, but as the years have gone by, it just got more and more special to me, like getting to, to build relationships with them uh, outside of just Monday through Friday, nine to five work stuff has been special. It does still make me happy when a customer reach it, reaches out and, and tells us how much they love our service or appreciate what we do and knowing that we're giving them some peace of mind. Um, you just never know what people have going on in their life. Everyone's got a story. And if, if the one thing that brings them joy each week is coming home on Friday to a nicely cut lawn where they don't have to worry about it or stress, then that makes me happy. Um, and that's why I stick with it. Plus, it, it's helping me pay for school and pay for other projects. I can't ignore those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's well, like, so you mentioned, one thing that caught my my attention was like, you mentioned how you're like outsourcing with like existing lawn care companies. Is that like, is that going to make it easier for you guys to expand outside of, are you only still in Neighborville? Yes, we're okay. only still in Neighborville. Is that going to, is that like the plan to make it easier to expand then? Because obviously if you have a, crew of your own yeah they can't go from neighborville to evanston and like yeah. all the time or whatever yeah we're we're essentially building uh a solid concrete army that is tech enabled that we can deploy anywhere so we're building the systems we have the app um, where customers can create an account request for services and we're building our vetting process to hire only the best subcontractors in any area, not just Naperville. So say next year we decide, all right, we're going to go open a branch in Champaign, Illinois. We can deploy our entire suite of hiring processes, um, marketing processes, and start up a branch here very easily. So, yes, it, it's a very scalable business with the way we're setting it up. Um, is that exactly what we want to do? I don't know. Uh, to just be quite frank, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but we're really enjoying kind of the growth that we're having now and our kind of plans for the coming year. What do you, what do you think will, like, make you guys different? Because, I mean, I feel like there's – you got to obviously go, like, straight to, oh, like, this person's come on lawn for years. Like, I go to them. Or maybe there's other companies that, like, you could outsource it to or, like – I mean, is is that true? Like, is is there, like, other ways that, like, you could find, like, 
like oh like if i want to get like my lawn cut by like some like uh outsourcing or like subcontracting subcontract subcontracting company like there's other ones you could find so like what would like make you guys different yeah great question there's a million lawn care companies and yeah how are we going to stand out it's important important for us to think about so there's a couple things one um the the hard reality is a lot of lawn care companies are just not professional or they lack some thing whether that's on the owner's side or on the business side um they're just missing like some piece of what you need to run like a a solid business whatever that is um whether it's just keeping their books straight or if it's like a tax issue or if heck if the owner just has like a temper and he's just always cussing out customers like you can't do that so with us um we focused on building a really smooth, efficient business that provides the service that people want and they can expect the same thing every week. Because that's important, right? Like, yes, the service is obviously very important. Having a high-quality service uh, that you can expect every week reliably is very important. And that already sets us apart from, like, 80 to 85% of our competitors, which is crazy, crazy. And then the other the other small percent that I think separates us from maybe the companies who use some sort of tech, um, maybe a, a little bit more customer focus, I think is the better word is, um, our company does have a good story. Mo and I were both, you know, we both went to high school in Naperville. Uh, we grew up there. We are like the lawn care kids and we just kept it going. So we have that story and that goes a long way. And I think customers appreciate that. They like knowing that they're supporting a, a student ran business kids. Like I'm still a student. Mo graduated a few years ago. Um, that sets us apart. And then also we just really, really care if something goes wrong. And I think this is probably the most important point. If our crew breaks something or if they go around a turn too fast and tear up the grass or, bump into a fence and something breaks, we take that more seriously than the customer. I will show up at your house in person uh, if I need to, to make sure things are okay. Um, and customers see that. And I think all of the issues, the big, big issues that we've had, um, those customers who you would expect to go blow us up on Google reviews or Yelp or just like destroy our name have turned into some of our biggest advocates. And I think that uh that says a lot about how we take care of customers there's a there's some underlying like business practices that like you implicitly talked about there that like i just want to highlight real quick it was just like attention to detail is just so important i i remember like hearing you talk about how like oh like when i was the one on the like mowing like everything needed to be perfect like i yeah. cared so much about everything like all that like attention to detail right and now you have consistently done that like whether it was yourself whether it's like the actual subcontractors whether yeah. it's like customer satisfaction like everything needs the co the product itself needs to be perfect and like i think that is like an incredibly important thing for anybody that might be like wanting to start a business is like make yeah. each individual service or product as good as it possibly can be also another thing that like, i've learned through some of our stuff is you need to find like your niche. And for you it's ge geological or geographical, my bad. Not rocks, ge <laughs> geographical, right? Close enough. 
Naperville, go to high school there, but also find your hometown. Like, it's also your hometown, right? Mm-hmm. You also were knocking door to door. So they already knew who you were. Yeah. And you were able to, like, get to the top of that niche, like, pretty quick, just whether it was through, like, connections, but also, like we just said, like, that quality product. And then from there, like, this is how you guys trying to go from, like, the pond to, like, the lake to the ocean, like, after that. It's like, if you could just continue to, like, maintain that brand, like, that's when you'll actually be able to, like, and that goes into, like, grabbing, like, you know, larger parts of the market, like, larger, like, percentages yeah. of the market and everything like that. But like, how do you, what scaling, like, problems do you think you'll encounter or have you encountered? Yeah, well, I'll also add this, like, it's important, like, thinking back on the growth from, you know, me going door to door, getting my first couple jobs and, you know charging 10 bucks an hour and then having to spend like 30 bucks disposing of waste and just losing money on jobs to to the business to where it is now where it's running pretty efficiently like of course I learned a lot of things I did a lot of things wrong just like you guys mentioned like you make mistakes with the pod you learn from it doesn't happen again like there's a lot of those but there were also a lot of wins and I uh I think it's really important to remember what kind of got you those wins and to not forget that. And a lot of those things are just unscalable. Like going to a customer's house in person now, completely unscalable for me and not <laughs> yeah. like not worth my time per se. Yeah. Just say my time is important. Like who the who do I think I am? But just with the number of customers we have, it it's not feasible to do that. But I did that when we started. And that's like, and so did Mo. And that's what got us to where we are today. Like, I don't know, still keeping like the hustle startup mentality, even though we're, I think more of a lifestyle business now is huge. Like that's our culture. Like we care deeply because we cared deeply when we started. And uh, that's something that I never want to forget. And I'll definitely carry with me out of this business for sure. Yeah. Do you think that, um, so obviously as you scale bigger and bigger, like you said, that won't be possible. Do you think that's going to affect the business at all? Or do you think like yeah. the, yeah. the, the brand is kind of like going to be built to like be known for that? Yeah, it's definitely hard. I, I wrestle with it. Like I still really try to do those unscalable things, like yeah. follow up with every new customer on every job. Um, I really do try, but you know, I'm a person too. Like I'm, I'm not yeah, gonna, I just yeah. can't do them all. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It really does. It really does. And yeah, well, will that one customer maybe not have as great an experience had they signed up two years prior? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But as we scale, I'm, I'm looking for other ways to hack at unscalable things. And I, I, I don't have any great ones yet, but yeah, it's a trade-off. Like when I first started, I knew every customer's first and last name, where they lived, if they had any kids, where their kids went to school, and they knew a lot about me. And unfortunately, now, like, I'll get a call from a customer who calls me up and they say their name, and I, I have no idea who they are, and that's just like embarrassing. But it's just, uh, it's just kind of a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, it yeah. shows like the business is growing, which is good. Uh, but I also dislike being disconnected from the product. And 
when I'm no longer out there doing all the work, talking to the customers, being on their home, on their property, I am to a degree disconnected from the product. And uh, yeah, there's certainly downfalls for that, of course. It's a trade-off. For sure. Um, like, I think we've talked a lot about like how all of that work like within the business has like worked on you a lot and like kind of like upgraded you and like yeah, the, totally. your skills, whatever it may be. Um, but like at least when it comes to the business in and of itself, like how has that grown like on an annual basis? Like if you're going back to your, like, oh, like you're, you're mowing back in, I don't know, well, okay, sixth grade was the was the paying your own rent, right? Mm -hmm. But let's say like sophomore year is like maybe when you could actually be like, okay, if I did it the whole summer, like the whole year, I probably made X amount. Like how have we like seen that like grow over time? Yeah. Dude, it's funny. When I, when I started and I just had no idea how to price jobs, <laughs> I would not only not make money, I would spend money to go work at someone's house. I would lose money every job. I think that's a funny, a funny thing. Like despite all the, all the praise I was getting from my classmates in high school who like <laughs> thought it was so cool about what I was doing, like they were making more money than me. I was losing money. They doing were making this. more money by not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. Forget the ones who had jobs. The ones yeah, who get home were still which is hilarious. Money. But like. That was just like my early reality. And of course I learned from that. And uh, gosh, to give concrete numbers, I wish I remember, but I know my senior year, the business probably did around like 30 or 40,000, which my gosh, for when I'm 18, that was like, that's life changing. Like that's such a gift. Uh, and I put a lot of that into the business. Of course, that's not all profit. That's just like total sales and this and that. But that kind of helped me like start learning the value of money. Like, all right, I got to save some for school. Mm -hmm. I should probably invest some because I heard that's a good thing to do. How do I invest? How do I like, what does that even mean? Am I supposed to buy stocks? Or should I put it into crypto? Like what the hell? What even is crypto? <laughs> yeah, what even is <laughs> like, crypto? I don't yeah. know. So like I had to learn all these things and that was really good for me, I think, to start figuring out. I made a ton of ton of stupid mistakes and like, of course, learned, learned from them. And they were big mistakes at the time. But looking back now, I'm so happy I made those mistakes when I made them then versus, I don't know, now or in like five to 10 years when maybe things are a little more important and I have like kids and a wife that I want to take care of and I can't be like making big financial blowouts. <laughs> uh, so that's that's good that those things happened. And then, so I grew that business. Um, first two years of school, I went to community college. Um, it was around that time that Mo approached me with his business. He's like, yo, dude, I'm graduating college. Like I was going to try to sell my business, but let's merge and let's focus on like building this new Uber for lawn care together mm -hmm. and, uh, said yes to that. And we've been working ever since. I think this is our fourth year and, um, we're, we're trying to do over uh, a quarter million, um, this year. Sick. Was that, and then, okay. Damn, dude, 30K to a quarter, that's that's crazy. Um, it also is interesting to see how, like, framing things, like, sounds different. Because yeah. quarter million, like, is like, whoa. Like, like that. that's, like, that's like that's ridiculous. Because then uh, once you, like, frame it in, like, the sense of, like, a million, it's like. But when it comes, like, that 30K to, when did, you, when did it actually, like, what year do you think it rose the most? Was that, like, when you were in community and your head was, like, just counting down and you were grinding? 
I think it was the second year Mo and I were working together. Was that your sophomore year community? Or was that... I think that might have been my first year here at Illinois. Okay. Okay. So that's um, last year, right? Oh, wait. Two years ago. Oh, years wait. Ago. So you're... You went to a community? To a community. And then this is my third year here. Okay. 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 Yeah. So my... Yep. So my, my first year here, I think, is when we did the most. And a lot of that was because we hired some great crews in the beginning of the season who stuck it out. It's like a, it's, it's so funny how it's really just setting up good systems in the beginning and just letting them ride. Like right now, if I said, all right, I want to go do a hundred thousand dollar month in November. That's like not possible. (laughs) If I said that though, in the spring, I was like, I want to have a hundred thousand dollar month then we can set up systems to get there. But like now it's it's too late. So what worked so well that year was we just hired some really, really good crews and we got really lucky with just finding good crews. And yeah, they killed it. And we were able to just supply them with work and work and work and we didn't have to turn down customers. So that's kind of our plan going to next year is get the crews that we need, make sure they're a good fit and then not have to turn away a single customer. And that'll, that'll take us to where we want to go. Was... This is just something I was wondering. Was was yeah. community was going to community college like a choice you made because you wanted to focus on the business business while in school? Yeah, there were a couple of reasons. That was one of them for sure. For whatever, I still don't know why I thought this way, but for whatever reason, I remember having the thought senior year of college that I've got something going here. I don't want to just throw it out. Mind you, my idea of what I thought something going meant was a business doing. 30k in revenue like I can't even really live off that comfortably um but it's money mention. nonetheless it's hard to even like get a bit like yeah off its feet yeah for whatever reason I just had faith that like I should stick this out so yeah part of it was the business part of it was also I knew college is a big deal and I know it's expensive and I couldn't really justify going to a four-year university and having to take out loans if I didn't know what I wanted to study or do. And I was still very much like figuring myself out and what I cared about, and I still am like to this day. I think I, I like to think I have a little bit better of an idea now than I did then, but I wanted to like figure that out first, figure out what the heck I'm going to study. And this could be a whole other conversation in itself, but I thought like whatever you choose to study, that's what you do. So I better like think this through and be right about it. (laughs) Of course, that's not the case. Um, And then I think the last reason was I just wanted to be close to my family. Like I have two younger brothers and they're uh, at like a really important age of growth. Uh, One's in high school, one's in middle school now. And I just wanted to still be around, be around them. Yeah. Was that like for that one specifically? Did you make that decision? Like, with that in mind, or was that something that you saw a benefit of with staying home? I think I made the decision more so based on the first two. Yeah. Um, That wasn't, like, a deal breaker, but it certainly was, like, a big grace of staying home. uh, And something I did think about, yeah, for sure. Definitely makes you appreciate everything more, too. Yeah. Because, like, when you're down here, it's, like, I feel like it's really easy to walk in here as a freshman and then just get used to it. Yeah. For, like, three years. Dude, I didn't know... I didn't know what like real friendship or real community was until I got here. It's funny. It's called community college, but 
to the one I went to, there was no community. And I think, of course, COVID had something to do with that. And that made it a lot harder. We're all home. I get that. Uh, but, dude, coming here, like, and just meeting all the different people I've gotten to meet and, like, trying to get involved in different things and just, like, seek out different people in different pockets of campus. I've, like, my whole view on friendship has totally changed, and we could talk about that. And my whole view on, like, the importance of community has changed. And we chatted about it a little bit, but I think that's part of why I I go after it so hard, just because it it's done so much for me. And I know what it's like to not have it, and I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. Well, I, I want to hear that. Let's let's talk about it. How is how is like your view on friendship changed, dude? Um, so dramatically. It took me until this year. I'm 22, about to be 23, okay. and I feel like I just this year am starting to grip with like what real authentic friendship means. I think in high school, of course, I had friends. I was a social guy. Um, I wasn't the guy who had like one group. I would kind of be close with all the groups kind of around and that was just because i i see you guys smiling over there what's i, I think we were both like that a little bit yeah, yeah. like we've, we've, we've had extensive yeah. conversations yeah of like i mean at least for me and then i'm not gonna make it about me though um is i was friends i was close like i was friends with everyone i'm dapping everybody up in the halls oh yeah but like when it comes to a friday night i'm it like i i think I, Hmm, how, that makes me sound. Sometimes people would like at, like ask me, "Oh, like what are you doing?" But I feel like a lot of people assumed I was like in like a, because I was re- like I in class like I'm always like talking with her, but I never like hung out with people outside of school. Mm, I see. Which was at least how it was for me. Yeah. But and then we've we yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah. But yeah. as you were saying, sir. Yeah, but I was I was that guy. Like I just really loved being friends with kind of everybody and not being tied down to one one group. Um, but I, I it wasn't like real authentic friendship. I, I did have a group kind of senior year who I would hang out with regularly who were great people, and I'm still in touch with most of them like four or five years later, and I will be for my whole life. I know that. Uh, but coming here and like college is a crazy time, right? You're, you're growing a lot. You're learning a lot about yourself. You're probably going through some sort of struggle. Everyone's got something. Uh, and, like, I kind of realized this year, like, to have, like, a little army to fall back on. And, like, we, let's talk about what that means. But to have, like, a group of soldiers who you know have got your back uh, is so – dude, it's it's just, like, so amazing. Uh, I've got a really, really – a really, really good – group now of guys who and I'll tell you what's great about them um one they're they're fun to spend time with right this is an easy box to check I'm sure you can think of a hundred people who are fun to spend time with (laughs) but it goes deeper than that right you can you can be around someone and have a good time but they're not really a friend uh they don't know what you need uh they don't know how to help you with things but all these guys uh they know vulnerable parts about me, and that's because I chose to open up to them about those things, and they've done the same to me. So why is that important? Well, if I'm, like, struggling or I'm down, like, having people to go to who know where you're at is so huge, uh, and it's been so huge for me just to have uh, guys who kind of know, like, 
my patterns, know my pitfalls, know like how I respond to things and how they can actually help me. It's just like, it's just love, man. It's just, it's love. And uh, it's so great. I'm kind of rambling here. Let me collect my thoughts for a second. But authentic friendship, like what, what is it? I think it's having people who know what you're struggling with. Like if you're struggling with something, are there people in your life who know? Specifically, like you guys are men, like are there other men who know what you're struggling with? Um, whatever that is, like maybe your parents are going through a divorce. I don't know. Like, do they know that? And that's a choice that you got to make if you want to open up about it. But I chose like to do that with, with this group of guys and they've done that with me. And it's like, it's really good for, I think, processing certain things and then actually making progress on them too. Uh, Like I said earlier, a lot of, a lot of advice can just be noise. But if you've got a small, tight-knit circle, um, they'll, they'll get you right. And I like to think that iron sharpens iron for sure. Like if you're around people who inspire you and just like always kind of love you no matter how you show up, you'll, uh, you'll kind of carry yourself that way too. And I think that's a, a special thing, especially as a dude. Like I think we can... Uh, Dudes particularly can be really good about like stiffening up and uh, being tough. But I think it's good for guys to get vulnerable every now and then with each other and just like get real. I think that's like where deep friendship comes from. How'd you uh, find these people? Honestly, all from the same spot from uh my bible study last year that's that's where i met all my roommates this year and then that led into now i'm in like a more uh like a a discipleship group so it's a little more time commit a little bit more serious Uh, and all the guys in that i see for hours every week and yeah we're just like we're just like soldiers for each other dude it's the coolest thing ever like they got my back more than i've ever had anyone have my back and it's the same uh with me for them. Yeah. I met them all in the same spot. When did you, uh, well, at least from, I feel like when we've had conversations about it, you weren't always like as like religious, like as you are now. Mm. Uh, is, is that true? I would, I would say so. Okay. Um, so like, what do you, what do you think like opened you up like or like to really make it like a larger part of your life? And like when was that? Yeah. So, like what time period? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. So like my my family was religious, you could say. My mom's Catholic, my grandma's Catholic. So I kind of grew up with it. Uh it was always like something we would do, we go to church on Fridays or Sundays. Uh but that was it. And then high school, I kind of drifted from it. I thought, uh, you know, I didn't really need it. And realized, like, yeah, something was, like, missing. I don't know. It wasn't uh, – the things I thought I was doing to, like, fulfill myself just wasn't happening. I, and I was doing things right, I thought. Like, I was doing good in school. I was, like, building good relationships. I was, like, listening to my mom when she told me to do things. I was, you know, doing all the right things, but just, like, was still missing something. And 
Then I go to community college and same thing, nothing really changed, no community there. Um, I'm sure there was, I just didn't seek it out, but I didn't desire it either. And then I came here and um, my ex-girlfriend at the time, I think played a really big role in me like desiring to grow in my faith because she was growing in her faith. Came here, joined a, a Bible study with my old roommates um, who are just awesome guys and made some really good friends there. And then did that the first year I was here. I would just kind of show up and uh, still like very much living a, a life of sin uh, and not really like caring a whole lot, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And then last year it got like a little more real. Like I was like, all right, I'm going to go get involved with the Newman Center here. I'm going to like show up to Bible study. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to, they had this retreat. Like I'm going to go on this retreat. I'm just going to like see what it's about. My grandma would always tell me like, you need to get involved with Newman Center. Like go there. It's like, all right, grandma. It was like her dying wish for me to go. So I went and uh, yeah, just really slowly again, gradual, very gradual, very slow, like started changing my heart. I think I started uh, just desiring to like change the way I was spending my time and like to get sin out of my life and the way that it was taking hold. And then, dude, it's just been crazy. Like looking back this past year, like for context, now I'm, I lead a Bible study with one of my roommates, Jonathan, and uh, I walk with some guys in the church, just like helping them become better men with me because I'm trying to be a better man and uh, just like growing in faith and relationship with God together. And dude, it's been so amazing. Like I was at a talk last night and they're talking about the fruits of the spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, joy, kindness, patience, love, like all these things. And I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, dang, like. I'm noticing these things in myself as of lately. And like, catch me two years ago, like this, this peace that I feel like this joy that I've, I've kind of been having, like no way did I have this, but yeah, it's been a steady, like God's been working on me for sure, bro. I think it's less of me and, and more of him just desiring, desiring me, which is cool. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, like you said, you've, felt like you've grown right but like life it's like always just continue to process so like maybe like this could be where we like so like what do you think that are some some areas still like in yourself that like you could grow upon like when you look at yourself you're like okay yeah, yeah. maybe like that quality of mine like i can improve upon or maybe it's more like cemented things as well that you feel like it could be but yeah, what are some of those totally. areas Totally. Uh, I want to grow in virtue in a lot of ways. So I meet with uh, a priest once a week for an hour. Uh, it's called spiritual direction, but honestly, we just talk about how to be a better dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I ask him each, each week, like, hey, what's like a virtue I can work on? So recently I've been working on humility. I found that uh, there's been a lot of vanity in my life, um, which basically means I just an inflated view of myself in a lot of different ways or thinking the things that I have to say or things that I do are more important than other people's. Um, so I've been working on, on growing in humility a lot lately. Um, other areas that I've, I've been trying to grow as well are being a little more adventurous too. I mean, we talked about college. We talked about all the amazing things that, uh, on this campus. Like, I don't want to take them for granted and leave and then 
be like, shoot, man, I didn't, I didn't go make the most of it. Like I want to go get after it and, and see as much as I can see. Uh, I'm trying to be a little bit more curious too. I'm trying to be better, better listener to other people. I think a lot of these things, dude, honestly, just come from like reducing like my own pride, just like caring more about other people. And from there, like, I think a lot of other things will kind of fall into place, but I'm also trying to care less about business and success and more about like the things that fill me up. Yeah. (laughs) Business will always be a part of my life. And like I said, I'll always be tinkering with things and (coughs) experimenting and starting new projects, but that's not the end all be all, man. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. More life than just business. Yeah. Like when I was talking to like Suyash the other day, he said that like ultimately that's like his long-term goal. Yeah. Um, but in order to help a lot of other people, you have to put your oxygen mask on first, like that whole metaphor. Yeah. And that like why he, that's why he feels like where he's at, like in his stages. But, one one thing we could wrap up on is those are things you want to improve upon, right? But like it's easy to say like, oh yeah, like that I want to improve upon this or like I want to improve upon being curious. I want to be more humble. And some of it can just be like just day to day stuff. But like, what are some actions that you actually want to take take to improve upon those things? Mm-hmm. I can give you some tangible things I've been doing to work on humility. Okay, perfect, cool. perfect. Uh, that have actually they seem crazy. But I've been so surprised at how they've been working. So one thing, and dude, bear with me when you hear this, because when I heard it, I'm like, this is, dude, this is ridiculous. But (laughs) fasting from mirrors for a week. Don't look at yourself in a mirror for a week. So if you've got mirrors in your bathroom or in your room, just put a sheet over them. That's actually so valid. Yeah. And I was like, it doesn't seem that hard. Like, I can do that, whatever. And then it made me realize how many times I like glance at like, oh, how's my hair? Or like, and is, is my like, are my pants like buckle? I don't know. Like all these stupid little instances I'd be looking at myself and it just helped me catch myself to know like, yo, dude, this, is, this isn't all about you. Um, so that was a great exercise. I would challenge you guys and anyone listening just to try it. Like maybe it's not something you struggle with, but it's also fun. I don't know. You'll just find yourself, I think, getting out of your head more than you might have expected. At least it did for me. Um, what else? What else? Little little hacks have I done to work on humility? Uh, another very little thing, but very actionable, is I try to be the last to speak. Uh, this past week, if I'm in like a group setting, um, just let everyone else talk first and just listen and be the last to speak. And it's not because you want to say the most important thing at the end but it's like to help train myself to listen uh and then say whatever i have to say at the end and then also it prevents you from sometimes like jutting in with a story that you want to say but really don't need to say it like all all you're trying to do is just hear your own voice and get something out there but really it's not like doing anything so by forcing yourself to wait to the end of the conversation you're you're helping kind of practice some patience. So those two things have been have been really good for me, I think, this past week, two weeks. So I'll leave it at that. If I say any more, nobody's going to do anything, so we'll keep it at two. Uh, yeah. 
perfect yeah. yeah i always find that too it's like if i'm trying to i'll like be giving advice or like someone asks me for advice on something and i'll ask like all in my head i want to give like five things but i'm like i just i just give one and i'm like yeah. okay because that way they'll act, <laughs> like hopefully actually take that one thing just because it carries more substance if it's five then someone's probably not i can actually apply anything yeah dude yeah. Totally. I like the mirror one. That's try that's interesting. It. Text me. Let me know. Let me know I, what you I, think. I would love to try it. Um, that's gonna be rough. Here, bro. <laughs> it, it's hard. Okay, it's hard because obviously you can put a sheet over the mirror in your bathroom and yeah, a sheet over the mirror in your room. It's like I feel like the place where I would struggle the most is I use my snap a lot. Yeah, that's one I wasn't prepared for, like, but I know because like every time you open that, it's yeah. like basically a mirror. So yeah, maybe you got to go off the grid for a week. Hey. I'm a text guy, so I don't really. So you don't, don't have really to worry about to, that problem. Don't worry with that. Hit me up on iMessage if you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. do a little hibernation. Yeah, well, it's worth a try. Aiden Murphy, we have gone the distance. Is this the longest one now? I think Rohan beat him by like eight minutes. Eight. Or maybe one minute. I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Well, how how long how long do you think it's been? Take a guess. How long do I think it's been? I'm gonna say. Say so your perception of one time. hour and eleven minutes. Not too far. Oh, yeah, not too far. Uh, like an hour thirty-one. Yeah, we're like whoa. Yeah. yeah. When you think about that, that's a lot of time. Dang, yeah. boys. But yeah. Wow. Hey, man. Like, always a pleasure Dude, doing across the conversation. Thank you for having me, boys. Of course. Thank, thank you, man. All right. Well, for everybody listening, I hope you guys really enjoyed this story. Aiden's a great, great guy. A lot, a lot to learn here from whether it's business spirituality entrepreneurship practice whatever it may be right and i i hope you apply those two messages that that we just heard yeah give it a try Uh, take care guys thank you